Good morning, church. My name is Brett. I am pastor of this people. It's good to see all of you, but especially our guests. Welcome. Glad to have you here. And thank you very much for making us your church home for an hour today. Well, as you can see, the setting is not normal. I usually have a stool. Today I have a chair. And I've got some guests who are with me. The reason being, we're going to do kind of an interview sermon. And this entire topic deals with the issue that is <laughs> that afflicted us back in July of 2020. Uh, it made national news, unfortunately, in our community. The entire DMV was affected by what occurred. And since that time, the participants of this untoward moment have gone through a tremendous process of healing. God has met them. And because I realized what the Holy Spirit has done in their lives, I wanted to extend the possibility of healing to you, to the congregation that is called Grace Covenant here in the DMV, both downtown and here in Northern Virginia, to the entire metropolitan area that was affected by this moment and expressed their well wishes and concerns for our well-being. Thank you. And indeed to the nation that might need to see how a church deals with tragedy and begins to experience the victory that God intends as he takes horrible circumstances and makes them great. On July 18th of 2020, we were conducting here our first meeting since the pandemic. It was a membership class, and people were really excited about participating and seeing one another together. Pastor Sean Clements was teaching, and although I was not there, I heard he was doing an outstanding job. He was talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit and how people needed to receive him and what we believed about that reception. As things were at a high pitch and people were ready to get engaged with God in new ways, someone entered as the meeting was about to end. And um, they seemed agitated. Uh, they sat down. And as Pastor Sean was concluding uh, his meeting, this person assaulted Pastor Sean as he was preaching, uttering lies as he was coming down. And he had both a weapon in one hand and a cane in another, a pole, a pool stick, we think. Uh, he stabbed Pastor Sean. It was assault not only on a human being, but an assault on our faith. Pastor Sean was preaching the gospel. And this was, we believe, a veiled attack from the enemy to try to stop us from meeting. This was the first meeting we had since the pandemic. And the enemy was doing everything he possibly could to try to hinder us from doing that. Now, many of you may not understand what I say when I say enemy. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about an unseen force that is bent on stopping the people of God from doing good. We believe there is a devil. We really do. We don't think he's all-powerful. We know he is not all-knowing. We know he's not omniscient. But he does have influence over people. And this day, the influence was felt by us. And it is historical in its orientation in that people who preach the gospel get attacked. <laughs> the enemy hates it because it sets people free. It delivers them from that which the enemy has bound them. And so anytime he gets an opportunity historically to stop the progress of the gospel, he does it through circumstance. And if that does not work, 
He does it through violence. Peter was martyred, one of the foundational saints in the New Testament. Paul was martyred. They stopped him from preaching the gospel, killed. And the history of, of the assault against faith is replete in Scripture and throughout church history. Sadly, we got to experience what that was like. But I'm not here just to report to you about the difficulty that occurred that day. I'm here to report to you about the victory that has been wrought since. God has done amazing things in the lives of these people. And I wanted us to go through the process of talking so that you can understand what God has done in all these folks and what he wants to do in circumstances that are untoward that you face. My hope is that you will never have to go through anything like what these people went through. But your circumstances are still those which buffet you against progress of the gospel in your life. And you need to know what to do when stuff happens that you cannot control, how to trust God in the middle of it, and see him leverage even the bad for good, much like God did with Joseph in the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 37, the 11th son of Jacob, his brothers hated him, threw him into a pit, were intending to kill him. Instead, they decided to make a profit on him, sold him to some slave, to some tra slave traders. They sold him. Then to a man in Egypt, he became a slave for seven years, thought he was about to buy his way out, we think, and then wound up in prison with a false accusation of attacking a man's wife and wound up in prison for another six years. Everything about his life looked like it was going in the wrong direction and there was nothing he could do to fix it except be faithful to God. And as he was faithful, trusting him, even in the midst of impossible circumstances, the Lord did the impossible. And in one day, brought that man from the depths of prison to the echelons of the palace. Unfavorable circumstances. God began to reap good out of it. And I want you to be able to have the same kind of testimony in the things that come your way. So today, we've got the main principles and some beautiful, if you will, cloud of witnesses, people who were there who could support. Now, the class was probably about 20 people, and everybody was phenomenal in their support. As the attack was going on, people were praying. Others were trying to lend a hand to those who had been assaulted and injured. Everybody in that class could be declared a hero that day. And for those people who could not participate today, I want to say thank you. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for who you are. And thank you for the faith you exerted to support the environment of health and healing. But we do have the principles today and some who can make it that were part of the class. We have Pastor Sean Clemens and Christy. We just are so happy. Good morning to you. We've got Kelly and Demetrius Doss. They yeah. participated in actually seeing this man saved. And then we've got Ed Rossler and Gina, who I'm not going to share the story. I'm going to let everybody get their, their piece. But they were absolutely instrumental in seeing the, the person who was the assailant apprehended. And in all of this story, we're also going to pray for the assailant today and believe that God is going to touch his life in really wonderful ways. In addition, we've got some people behind us. We've got, <clears throat> excuse me, Dwayne Long, Janice Claggett, Erica Evans, Carol Moore, and Nathaniel Warfield. These were some of the participants that day. 
that assisted in the process of health and healing for those that were injured. Pastor Sean, <laughs> what a day it was. I want to thank you so much for being the man you are and the man you were that day. After you were assailed, give us a story about how you felt and then what has transpired since then. Um, so after the events, I went to the hospital. Um, actually, it was part of the conversation you and I had when we was in the emergency room about having street cred. And <laughs> there's something about knowing that is not just kind of theoretical that I was willing to die for the faith. There you go. Street cred with respect to, you know, in America, these things just don't happen that much. I mean, nobody's assaulted for the gospel on the streets. Our persecution is primarily sociological or political. But here, for the first time, somebody in our congregation was actually assaulted for their faith. And so that's what we're talking about. He has unusual street cred. I don't think I'm trying to get any of it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say I, I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. I'm good. Yeah. But we re, we, uh, we'll, we'll just live through you. So talk more about yeah. it. Yeah, so um, it was kind of this, um, there's a passage in Acts where um, Peter and John, I believe it is, they, they, um, they get um, brought in by the um, Pharisees and they get, some lashes, and then they celebrated that they got to share in the suffering of Christ. And it was kind of that moment um, that I felt like, man, that, that God would see me worthy to, I don't know why, like I, I believe it's something that God helped me to, to turn around in my mind because as I'm saying that, it, it doesn't sound right, um, but I'm sound-minded. So, um, but I was really, um, really just to participate in that and know that um, I, I was, that, that my faith is real, that it was really built on something. I've been studying in Matthew and in where Jesus, he gives the exaltation of building your mm -hmm. life on the rock. Like, because over the last um, 22 years of my life of walking with Christ and I've been building on the rock when the storm came, um, it didn't wash me away. My That's faith really didn't great. wash away. Um, and so, like, there was an excitement about that. Um, subsequently, though, the... A couple of days later, I got really, really sick. Um, and I want to thank everybody who took the time to pray for me, um, these cloud of witnesses, um, you guys, um, because it was really, really difficult. Life was on the verge of me going home um, to heaven <laughs> permanently. But I, I thank God because of the prayers and, and his grace on my life um, that I'm here and able to have this conversation with you. Um, one thing I thought was funny I would just like to share. Sure. Um, the, the night when I was in the hospital, um, they gave me some really powerful medicine. I had never been on something that powerful before. And um, I think my mom was playing tricks on me. And so um, while I'm laying in the bed, I start hearing someone yelling down the hall. And um, they're just kind of yelling. And then I hear the nurse say, ma'am, get back in the bed. Don't take the straps off. Ma'am, please get back in the bed. And my heart starts racing. And I'm like, God, the demon is here. He's about to come. He's about to come and finish me off. Please help me. Oh, it was just really funny. It's something I, I thought it would be like. But um, since then, after getting sick. By the um, way, it's more funny to you than to us. <laughs> well, it's funny I'm just letting you, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, 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 um, since um, over the course of uh, about a month, little less than a month it took for me to come up out of the hospital or that situation. Um, 
went through some physical therapy in the hospital. Never been so excited to see my kids before. I know my sons, when, when I finally got a chance to see them, um, they probably thought it was really weird. I got um, 18-year-old twin boys where they just turned 18, but I hugged them one of those this is too long, Dad. Uh, like, yeah. get off of me, please. <laughs> but I hugged on them. My my five year old daughter, my eleven year old. I mean, it was just so exciting to see them. I could only have one guest in the hospital because of what was going on and um, with COVID. And when I say one guest, I mean that literally, not like one at a time. It was literally only one guest, one per day. Um, so my beautiful wife was able to come, and from time to time, my mom would come. But I didn't get to see my kids, and so it was so exciting to see them and. Subsequently, I've had some health issues, but I've been progressively getting better and, and very thankful to God um, to be able to sit here, to be seen and have this conversation. And we are so happy you were here. Listen, one of the, one of the, the things for which I am grateful through these horrible circumstances is that I didn't have to do any funerals. I can't tell you how grateful to God I am. And Pastor Sean is correct. The difficulty through which he went uh, almost, almost graduated him to heaven. But there were some saints who prayed, not the least of which is his bride. <laughs> you are outstanding. For two and a half weeks, for two and a half weeks, he was teetering. We prayed and fasted. We had our intercessory team praying and fasting, crying out to God, Lord, save our friend. And I was texting Crystal on a regular basis. How's he doing? And she was trying to care for her kids while she was caring for her husband. Could only go there once a day. If she stayed, she had to stay all day. She couldn't come back. And she had to care for her kids at the same time. They had responsibilities. His mother was in town. There were so many things she had to bear. And then on top of that, informing us who were praying about how things were going. And she, she juggled these balls incredibly well and showed no stress, no fear, just full of faith every day. So, Crystal, you were outstanding. Thank you for being the wife you are to your husband and the woman of God you are for all of us. Well, uh, thank you. I mean, I couldn't do it without. I mean, it was, just, it was a reliance on, on God's, God's grace and, and the word because um, I think I looked at Psalms 91 like, every day, probably all day, and, and talking to God over and over. Well, God, we love you, and I love you, and so you said that you're going to heal us and protect us, and so I'm really go. expecting that there to you happen. Go. And you said in your word, you I go. mean, this, it, it was a point where it's like, it was a, a daily conversation. I think I, I experienced, you know, like, um, constant, like, praying. I forgot what it's called right now, of course, um, but but praying continuously all day, and, but it is more of just talking to God. God, you said that, and I'm going to believe you. I'm putting my faith and confidence in what you said because I certainly didn't want to be a single mom of, with four kids, you know, trying to raise them right now. So it's like, <clears throat> no, we have, there's things that you have, you know, designed Sean to do. You've told us that you have a plan for us. And so, no, I'm believing that he's coming through this. I mean, it was, it was difficult. There were good days and bad days. It was, you know, really a roller coaster. Um, the minute we felt as though, okay, well, he's turning the corner. He's about to turn the corner. And then it was something where, oh, we just intubated him. Um, and so it's just like, oh, my goodness. You know, Lord, please. 
Um, but just relying on him um, and just having faith in the word and what he said he's going to do, just believing that he's going to do it. Um, and I've also, I have a nephew that was kind of on the brink of death. Um, the doctors gave him 5% chance to live. And so we prayed through that and saw God heal him to the point where now he is in college and mm. thriving. And so it's just like, well, God, if you can do that for my nephew, yeah. I know you can do yeah. that for Sean. And so just believing that he was going to, he was going to heal. So it was really amazing to be able to, to walk through that and kind of journey, going through that journey with Sean. And, and I felt like there was a, a point where, like what everyone, I don't know, not many people know is that I guess because of the, the, the shock and, and I think just the various medications that Sean had to, um, he was taking and they were trying to, as they were trying to save his life, his half of the skin on his body like fell off. It, it was pretty much burned off. Um, so they had to treat him as though he was a, a burn victim. And, um, and so I, I saw it. I think I was the first one that noticed it on his neck, a, a really large patch. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it kind of burned. Um, and so when it got really bad, it was like all over, over 50% of his body. And so you walk in the room and there's just his skin everywhere. And, um, but I noticed while, you know, the nurses were treating wounds on his, his legs and his feet, um, I noticed the, the one that I first saw on his neck, um, I came in and it was completely gone. And to me, that was God saying, yes, I am going to heal him. He That's will good. be healed. Good. And so I was in there just praising, you know, God in my own little corner, um, but knowing that he was going to be healed, you know, despite that. And so um, it was just, it was a wonderful just journey, being able to kind of go through and see God's healing power um, in the process while it was actually happening. It was, it was tough, you know, being able to kind of go through the process, but it was, I, I knew and I had faith that, that he was going to be healed. Um, so that was, a, that was amazing. Um, and then just to experience God's love, you know, through the Grace family, um, so I just really wanted to thank all of you for all of your prayers. Um, and what I would have wanted to do was kind of go into my own secluded corner and, you know, not talk to anyone. Um, but, you know, Pastor Brett, you consistently, you know, blowing up my phone. <laughs> and, and, you know, Miss Cynthia, but, you know, even, you know, a lot of the Grace family uh, reaching out to me, just even a little text or emoji um, to let, let, let me know that, you know, you guys are praying and standing and, and interceding on Sean's behalf, on our family's behalf. So I just thank all of you because uh, without all of that, you know, it would be very hard for me to keep going. I mean, I know I saw someone from Grace every single day. And so it really helped um, strengthen my faith that it, it wasn't only me, but it was all of us um, in this together. So thank you all. You're very welcome, and thank you for being you. I, I think I forgot to tell you, she also has a full-time job over at George Mason University, and she's completing her doctorate. It's not like she didn't have stuff to do. I had and, to stop. I, I told them I can't, I can't <laughs> take classes right now. <laughs> so. Good for you. I'm glad. 
But she kept all these things juggling. She's an amazing woman. You're an example to us all. I just got to second you on the amazing part. There you go. I just, yeah, I, I've teed it up for you thank too you many so times, much. bro. I you wanted to stand so up and give her a standing, standing <laughs> ovation. I'm very grateful that God blessed me. Yeah. And obviously you're doing well now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back to preaching again and um, yeah. looking forward to teaching life in the spirit again. And um, Yeah, I'm, I'm back. I'm glad. Now, we have some other panelists here who were heroic in their efforts in trying to save Sean's life that day. And uh, I'm going to turn to Demetrius and Kelly Doss. I don't, I don't have all the story perfect, but I'm going to share just a little bit to give you an on-ramp of their courage. As Pastor Sean was being attacked, um, Demetrius and Kelly noticed the gentleman who had come in the room and something wasn't quite right. And... As that gentleman began to get up and, and come to the front uh, and, and assault Sean, there was, this, there was this concomitant reaction from both of them. Uh, Sean, uh, Demetrius thinking, I have to do something to help Sean. And his wife said this, get up there and help him. <laughs> I mean, what a woman occurred. T- telling her husband to get in harm's way and help that man. Am I right? You are, you are right. All right, yes, all right, sir. all right. So you I'll let you correct. take it from there. How did Thank you, you feel? by the way. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel when you had to help him and tell me what it was like afterwards? Well, what's interesting is that Pastor Sean's teaching on the Holy Spirit was just out of this world. And it was so good that I remember I turned and I was like, man, am I the only person enjoying this? Like, this is Gangster, like sorry, I'm just gonna say that. Like it was amazing, and I'm looking in his 255, and then that's when I saw him. And Pastor Sean's teaching was so good, I was like, "Yeah, that probably should have happened." It was that good that someone had to interrupt. But when I saw him, I was like, "I just stay, like just wasn't right, just wasn't passing the smell test, right?" And so Pastor Sean was in the spirit. I went back to South Philly. I was like, no, I know that walk. He's not coming up here to argue about theology. He's trying to do something. Like, I'm not taking my eye off this cat. Um, And so I'm just thankful that as as he was walking down and I'm looking at him, my wife's like, dude, 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 you need to go. And I didn't even hear her say something. I just, and I had never talked to Pastor. Like, we didn't hang out. I never talked to Pastor Sean. But it was like, I knew that I was there for that moment. Mm. And when I have conversations with people, it bugs them out because they're like, man, D, you almost died. They say, you're going to lose your leg. I said, but I'm glad I was there. Mm. Because if I'm not there, if I'm not crazy enough to have my eye on person X, it's probably no more Pastor Sean. And, And I'm so appreciative that not only... Was I aware, but my wife was like, dude, 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 dude. And so I'm just so thankful. I've been waiting for like six months to talk to y'all, for real. <laughs> like, for real. And I'm so, I'm so thankful that the people at Grace and my July 18th family, when, when, when it went down, and it went down like Old Testament biblical proportions, it went down, and you, you, it's not like I was having the outer body experience, but very few people know what it's like. You may know what it's like to feel like you're dying, but you've never really seen yourself dying. 
when, 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 when my wife is holding me, there is blood everywhere. I'm literally feeling the life come out of my body. And I felt no pain. And Gina said, the first thing I said was, God, I thank you for this opportunity. Who, who says that? You leak in life and you say, God, I thank you for this opportunity. That helped me understand that this was ordained. Even though, like, I think sometimes as Christians, we yeah. forget that persecution yeah. is in the fine yeah. print. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. that was for somebody. Um, yeah. And we just think it's all about wealth and prosperity. Like, Slim, you better read the fine print. When you say, yeah, you, you are accepting what's going to happen. And so I think sometimes that we forgot about that. Man, and these people behind me, they just went to praying. I mean, I didn't even feel any. Mm. I'm having conversations with the cops. He's like, man, you are in good spirits. I'm like, dog, that ambulance better be here. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> like, like, I was not in the spirit. Like, Gina and was praying for me. I was like, yo, we got to get me into surgery. Like, oh, I don't got no time to talk. But it was just amazing the way we, none of us knew each other. And we had on masks. We was all socially distanced. When everything went down, people forgot about that. And they said, we got to help this brother. Like, this he took one for the team. And it was, Gene, I'm sorry I messed up your outfit. I'm sorry. You know how much I love you. Every time I see Gene, I think about, like, I really destroyed her entire outfit. Because she was covered in my blood. I'm, I'm telling y'all. Okay, pause, pause. What happened was this. Sean is being attacked horribly by a man with a knife and a pool cue. Demetrius gets up, runs down, attacks the, the assailant. He gets stabbed in the leg and in an artery. And blood is spewing out like from a hose. I got stabbed twice, Pastor. Thank you. Twice, blood is spewing out like a hose. And so his help now was, his help needed help. As he was helping Sean, somebody needed to help him. And that's why he's talking about Gina's dress, because our sanctuary was, the front of it was filled with blood. Um, but he was still worshiping God in the midst of the possibility of him losing his Come life. Come on, man. That's, and that's, that's, that's awesome. Here's why I'm so excited about this. Because it's one thing to read about Mary Magdalene. It's one thing to read about the women who had the issue of blood. It's one reason. It's, it's, it's another thing to read about the person that God put all the demons out. You don't have to read, you can have a cup of coffee with any of these miracles that's on this stage. That ought to encourage you because this whole thing God had taught me, um, and, I, and I shared this with Pastor AJ and he bugged out. I said, God said, hey D, this had less to do with you and more to do with grace because I need to show them that I'm still God even in mm -mm 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 this pandemic. Mm -mm 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 -mm. The entire time, when I was in the hospital, I didn't even, I didn't, I, the only question I asked, I say, I, I, when I got out of surgery, I said, God, what are you doing with Pastor Sean where the enemy put a hit out on him in church? Like, talk to me. What are you doing? Say it. Like, that was amazing to me. And then I thought about, oh, it's time to go fishing now because I didn't die. So I'm about to run my mouth for the gospel. And I'm telling yeah. you, like, it's on. It's on. And I can imagine that, that like, Satan is, like, you know, uh, throwing out demons in his office like y'all let him live do you know what he's about to do right now like i'm telling y'all like this moment was for us to galvanize our faith 
and conviction. This is not about, oh, this happened to Grace. Who else? Who else? Who else could this happen to when the church come together so Hallelujah. strong? Hallelujah. Now we have a conviction. Yeah. Like, this is an amazing moment. This is not about sad. This is an amazing moment. And the people who are up here who were talking, my first conversation with Pastor, with Pastor Sean, we laughed for the first five minutes. His first question to me was like, he was like, hey, D. And I'm like, yo, big dog, what's going on? And he goes, D, I ain't never seen that much blood in my life, man. What? <laughs> and like, we were just laughing. He said, D, we almost got martyred for the gospel. And we, we were laughing because we understand that, man, what God is about to do right now, boy, oh boy. So I'm here so that you can have an example to get excited, to be more convicted. Don't just talk about your faith. Talk about your faith really with such conviction that people can't deny that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have had, me and my wife have had, obviously when everything went down, so many, we've had more people in our house in the last three months than the last 14 years. But guess what? We've had atheists hear this story, leave in tears. We've had Muslims hear this story, leave in tears. We've had Catholics. This, thank you. I'm glad I survived, but I'm, I have enough spiritual awareness to know that this was just a catalyst for where God is about to take me and take us. The first phone call I got when I was in the hospital was Pastor Christian. And he never talked to me, so he didn't know what type of person I was. He was like, man, I may have to encourage him. No, you don't got to encourage me. Let's go. I'm like, listen, I'm like, it's amazing that, that you calling me because the first thing that God said was, hey, D, we're going to need a bigger boat because we're about to go fishing. Pastor Christian cracked up laughing. He said, D, he said, you know what? There are times where God has to divinely interrupt your life. I remember like it was that God has to divinely interrupt your life to get you where he needs you to be. And sometimes that interruption is uncomfortable. What is more uncomfortable than people saying you may not live, but you definitely aren't going to have your leg? Dude, I can do the MC Hammer on stage right now. This is not a prosthetic. <laughs> this is my leg. This is healing. This is, this is what God can do. Man, don't get me started. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excellent. We are so grateful, and thank you for loving this man like that, for not loving your life more than you loved his. Thank you. Thank you. Kelly, talk to us. I'm not quite as talkative as he is, <laughs> but I'm so happy. I mean, to see our friends back here, our family, like, when everything happened and I told him to go and then everything went wrong, you know, I was scared. It was very scary. And I was, I think I screamed, you know, who knows? I can't remember. But then when I was back there, just around all the people that had just, kind of landed on him to pray, to try to stop the bleeding. I was scared. I was like, okay, what is going on? And then it was a moment where I'm like, okay, you either believe this or you don't. Wow. I was like, I need peace because I'm losing it. Wow. And so from that moment on, you can ask, um, when I had to call his mom, I'm like, mom, something happened. You know, I'm very, I'm very calm. I had my, my Bible app on my phone. I'm like, I just need his peace. And then Pastor Brett comes into the ER, and we've never met, right? This is a new members class. 
And <laughs> he was so overwhelmed, right, with grief, with sadness, with, you know, he didn't know what was going on. I wanted to hug him. He wanted to hug me. It's COVID. We don't know what to do. <laughs> but the peace that I had after I left here, who knows what I said to the police. I don't know how they do their job taking statements from people that have just been in a trauma because who knows what I said. But once I left, it was just peace. And I knew that everything was going to be fine. The whole ordeal is just you know, it helped me, you know, 2020 was crazy. We were all losing our minds up through the summer, right? Like, everything was crazy. I learned to calm down. The whole thing has been an anchor point for me and my faith. Like, I, <laughs> I'm the person that closes their eyes on the show when they're about to stick a needle in somebody. I can do anything now. <laughs> I took care of that wound. I'm, I'm thinking of all the things that can go wrong. I just, I believe that, you know, I can do anything now. It's an anchor point for me as a mom. Like, kids, look. Look what we, look what we came through. Look what God can do for us. Like, it has helped me to calm down. Like, who knows what's going to happen? Like, you literally never, this was the craziest thing that ever happened to us. You don't know what's going to happen, but God is always good. Like, life is yes, crazy. Yes, yes, Life is crazy. You never know what's going to happen, but God yeah. is always good. He can always bring something good of it, and that's why I'm so happy to see. Like, when I see their faces behind us, the, the best thing that could have happened was Grace pulled together this class for us after this event. It was called Advancing Through Adversity, and I think they offer it here at any time, but they made this class just for us, the people that were in that event. And... I don't know, I'm just, when I see them or when I come here, I'm not afraid. I don't think about the terrible thing that happened. I'm just happy. Wow. I'm happy to see them. And I know that lots of people feel I should have done this and I should have done that. It was supposed to be us. We were supposed to be there. There's a million reasons that we hadn't come to a new members class before, but we came to this one. <laughs> <laughs> It was supposed to be us. I mean, the, the miracles and the testimonies from his leg, his muscle tissue was so healthy that it prevented further injury. Mm. His arteries, uh, the one was completely severed. The knife went right between the other two. He had just finished rehabbing his left knee to get it stronger because only God knew he was going to need it. <laughs> it. It was supposed to be us. We're... You know, it was difficult, it was fearful, it was challenging, but it was supposed to be us. So it's beautiful. Thank you guys all for being there. Thank you. Thank you for encouraging your husband to do the dangerous. She is awesome. You're, you're, you're amazing. You are amazing, Kelly. Chief Rossler, Gina, wow. Um, the assailant was ultimately subdued by Ed Rossler, who is the chief of police in Fairfax County. And... Um, he knew what he was doing. I am so grateful he was there that day because his techniques not only saved these people's lives, but saved the assailant's life. And I don't want it to be lost, uh, the fact that a white police chief saved a black man's life. Two black men. Sorry. Two black men's lives.
And these black men are happy. Yes. <laughs> In this environment where police are being criticized and thought to, to not be necessary and to uh, be reduced to folks who, for the most part, are not caring about people of color. This was not a racially motivated event. It was not ethnically inspired. But nonetheless, God used it as a moment to say, in some places, it's different. In some places, it's different. It's different in Fairfax, and it's different in grace. And I'm grateful for Chief Rossler. I am so grateful. So grateful for not only you caring for these men, but for the assailant. Because there are things you could have done legally, and you didn't. You spared his life. Thank you. So talk to us about your journey, Chief. The journey started back June 30th, 2017, I committed myself to Christ through grace. And at that point in time, I've been searching for the Lord for 53 years. Came close a couple times, but just to the goodness of Pastor Brett, pushed me through. And then a great thing happened again. I met my bride, who was already a Christian. And trying to grab onto a church family. And what you see on this stage is a real church family mm. along with the rest of grace. And I thank God every day for that church family because now I feel it, I live it, I breathe it. Mm. And I reflect back at that moment in time uh, a few months Prior to July 18th, Gina and I were waiting for this class to be live. And we saw it. And she was so excited. It was like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And we, we logged on and registered. And at that time, I, I was really deep into studying Titus 3.10 to improve myself as a Christian and create great boundaries. And... To come to grace, like I always do, it's my personal safe place because of the church family. So I came that day with Gina, and it was powerful. Pastor Duke, Pastor Clemens, the whole day just it went like I wanted it to never end. The Holy Spirit was in that room and pushing through not only me as a student, of great pastors, but when things started to unfold, the Holy Spirit blew into this room and blew through all of us here on the stage, those that couldn't join us. Everybody had a role. And as I listened to everybody just prior to me, that's the reality of the church family, how we come together, but we're not done. Yeah, yeah. We are not done. Yeah. And I am not done. No, you're not. And what this has given me, and it's the Holy Spirit, starting Tuesday, I got to get a real job, and I'm going to work 
for my father. How about that? And I'm committing myself to no, that. That's great. And it's because yeah. of this church family. There is more work to be done. And I am so honored that the Holy Spirit has continued to push through all of us so we could do greater work, save this community, save this world, bring peace. That's great. And what you see here is love. And love is to listen, obey, value, enjoy, and, and be a family. It's beautiful. And, and I'm blessed for that. Yeah, oh gosh. Well, listen, what, what Chief Rossler is speaking of is that uh, I will only be able to call him chief for another two days. He retired from Fairfax County as the police chief and is going to take a couple of months off. He has got a new deployment opportunity and occupation sometime in May or June. But he really wants to give himself to the purposes of God wherever he is. And for that, we are very grateful. He is a great citizen of our community. He's been an excellent chief and a wonderful friend and family member to this church. Gina, <clears throat> talk. Thank you. Um, what I'd like to say about that day, um, I used to be a flight attendant 33 years ago for Pan Am. And part of our training back then was how to survive a hijacking. Mm. And on July 18th, while we were here learning about the Holy Spirit from Pastor Sean, evil tried to hijack this church. Wow. And I remember my husband telling me, call 911. So I went into flight attendant mode, and I called. And uh, I'm not a name dropper, but a thought came through my head that said, this is the time to say you're the chief of police wife. <laughs> so <laughs> I did that. Um, what I did not know is there is a signal, a code that's called signal one, which means officer in distress. I don't know that there's a code for pastor in distress. We, we need one of those, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if the police came a little bit faster because they knew one of their own was in distress. The other thing I remember about that day is the power of prayer. Demetrius, um, I saw him walk across the sanctuary with blood just spewing out of him everywhere. And he went down by the video equipment and he was surrounded by people trying to stop the bleeding. And I remember standing there feeling helpless because I didn't know what to do. And I didn't realize the power of prayer. So I asked Janice here to pray with me. And I grabbed Demetrius. I don't know him. I didn't know that was his wife next to him. So I don't know what she was thinking. And I just grabbed a hold of him and prayed with power. And there were two things I remember praying about. One, I didn't want Demetrius to feel any pain. So I was praying, please don't let him feel pain. The second thing um, I prayed about was that God would use this as his testimony. I don't know where that came from. Mm. And then Demetrius started saying it too. Use this as my testimony, and here we are. Mm. Wow. Amen. That's awesome. So, um, the other thing that I believe was critical that day, I remember standing outside of the church because I heard sirens, 
and I was gonna go and meet the police and the ambulance. And I turned around and looked through the window and I saw my husband being savagely bitten by the assailant all the way up and down his arms. And he had red spots. And when we went to the hospital, the doctor said that none of the bite marks punctured his skin. That is a miracle because I saw how vicious the biting was. I saw all the red spots, but no puncture marks. How is that possible? That was God. God was with us that day. And what I've learned from all the individuals that were there that day is they have joy. Nobody is bitter. And in Nehemiah 8.10, it says, the, um, now I'm forgetting it, <laughs> the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you look at everybody here on the stage, they are joyful people, and God is providing the strength. It's the truth. Truth. I love this church. I love my church family. And um, that's all I have to say. Oh, listen, that was enough. Thank you very much, Gina. You are outstanding in your support. And uh, church, this is, all this is is, 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 a, is a long version of a headline. We could go on for hours about what God has done in the lives of these families, in the lives of these individuals, to give them perspective about what tomorrow can be and to strengthen their resolve to go not just through things, but to come out better after you've gone through. The valley of the shadow of death is never any fun. It is scary. But sometimes the shepherd has to say, that's the best way and fastest way to get to the greenest pasture. If I go around, the sheep might not make it. If I go through, I can protect them through. When we get there, they'll be happy. It is difficult. But these folk are eating from some really green pasture. Whenever a sheep lies down, it's because they're satisfied. These people are at peace. They're lying down. They're not anxious about tomorrow. They're not looking behind their show over the shoulder all the time to find out who's going to get them next. They are trusting their God like never before that if he brought them through the most difficult, then he can bring them through whatever's next. And I want you to be encouraged with that, that your God is for you. And through this difficulty of COVID or whatever has been added to your difficulty in this era, I want you to know that your God is for you and he's taking you through that he might bring you to a better spot than you started. Amen? Amen. Pastor Sean, would you please pray for everybody on stage and then pray for Chance, who is the assailant. Sure. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we think about the events that took place over the summer and how you've been walking with us from that time forward and certainly even before then, I'm very grateful for Demetrius and his beautiful bride and chief um, and his beautiful bride, Lord God. Um, I just lift these families up, including my, my wife, Lord God, and Pastor Brett, um, and all of those who are we're in the room, the cloud of witnesses, um, that you will continue to help us to understand um, what it means to walk with you, to walk in step with you, that this will be a memorial to how we can trust you, 
that you can work in the midst of everything that's going on um, that could just seem so hectic and crazy. You can make it work together for our good because we are in love with you, Lord God, and we are called according to your purposes. And so I pray, Father God, that, that we will remember how you showed yourself strong in the midst of all of the chaos and that it will help us as parents. It will help us in moving from one career to the next, um, that our level of trust will be something that's exhibited to the community around us, the community of non-believers, that there is a real hope that comes from those who walk in the kingdom. Yes. And we also lift up um, Chase, Lord God, and um, his situation. Um, chance, excuse me. Um, I lift lift him up, Father. I I forgive him. We forgive him of what has taken place, Lord God. We know that the real enemy, the real fight, is not against flesh and blood, Lord God. But there is an enemy behind that who who inspired that. And so um, I pray, Lord God, that he will find forgiveness in you. Um, that he will find the that the blood is sufficient to cleanse him of all unrighteousness. Um, that he will find that though being a rebel against the kingdom, you still love um, those that you, you have called even before the foundations of the earth and that that love is available to him. Your arms are open to him. I pray that he has found that love in a new and intimate way, Father God, and that he is walking with you, Lord, um, that he will experience the joy that only comes um, from, from having an intimate relationship with you. Um, I pray ultimately, Lord God, that, that the, the, the forgiveness that you extend to, 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 to this gentleman um, is the same love that, that we as a Grace Covenant community can help others to find and that your kingdom will continue to be extended and expanded as you use events like what took place on July 18th to bring glory to yourself um, and the expansion of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Church, we hope that this has been helpful in your process of healing. We know it's taken a little while for us to get here, and we wish, we wish it could have happened sooner, but there's no way it could have, believe me, we tried. But that it is happening should provide some benefit to you, and go ahead and send this to other people that you know are going through difficulty to let them know how to go through well and to come out better than when they started. We love you. And again, for all of those who participated in the class that day that are not here, you are outstanding. You are amazing. I realize everybody has their comfort levels with what COVID is like and how we should deal with it. We are glad you are with us and we applaud you for your courage that day. You're our hero.